Hello and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a Picture House podcast proudly supported by Kia, powering independent cinema. On today's show, a mini episode, if you will, a little bonus episode between our main monthly review shows, we are joined by the very talented uh, and very, very nice, what a nice man, uh, the very talented writer and director Ira Sachs, the filmmaker behind the brand new film Passages, which is in cinemas right now. It's it, uh, launched at the Sundance Film Festival uh, earlier in the year, came to Sundance London, uh, where Ira Sachs was present, uh, and he brought one of his stars of the film, the very lovely Ben Whishaw. And uh, and he was in town just before the UK release, doing a few more Q&As. He's definitely a guy who who's willing to you know sort of travel and, and, and put the work in. I feel like he's been touring around with this film for months now. But yeah, we managed to catch up with him whilst he was in London. And my colleague, uh, Hope Hopkinson, is making her podcast debut uh, on this show. Hope is interviewing Ira. Uh, I hope you enjoy. I, I had the uh, pleasure of being in the room whilst they were chatting and they got on like a house on fire. It was such a lovely chat. Anyway, that's more than enough for me. Passages is in cinemas now. I hope you enjoyed the chat, and I really hope you enjoyed the film. It's wonderful, really wonderful piece of cinema, great indie cinema uh, that should be seen on the big screen with a crowd. Here is Hope's conversation with Ira. Please enjoy. You know what I was doing last night? No, but whatever it was, you sound very excited. My party and my husband doesn't want to dance with me. I'll dance with you. Maybe we have to take more risk. So now you're falling in love with someone else, you're taking that risk. Hello, Ira. Welcome to the Picture House podcast. It's a delight to have you. So nice to be here. I'm glad to be talking with you about the film. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favourite films I've seen this year, so maybe I'm biased, but I'm so excited for us to bring it to our cinemas and for everybody to see it. Obviously, we showed it at Sundance London for mm-hmm. its UK premiere, mm-hmm. where you were with Ben. Um, I just want to know how it's been for you. It must have been a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, well, the film premiered in January at Sundance in Utah, and um, that's a really uh, familiar place to me. I've been going there actually since I was 13 years old because oh, my father wow. lives in the town of Park City, and premiering the film there was like a very warm experience. You never know how, how people are going to receive a film. I also recognized on that day that I had made a comedy, which was a surprise to me. <laughs> sure. Were there, was there more laughter in the audience you anticipated? I think that there's just a collective experience of watching someone like the character of Tomas, played by Franz Rogowski, doing things others of us might wish to do but won't. Um, he's really a rule breaker, and it's it's both like painful but also pleasurable. I, I think of him as a cross between Travis Bickle and Jerry Lewis. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is a kind of catharsis in that way for audiences to kind of, yeah, it's like your id running free. Yes, yeah. I mean, also there's just, it's a film that I hoped to make for and with pleasure. Um, so I think in every element, maybe beginning mostly with, with the performances of these three actors, which are very open and very engaged and and revealing of who they are, I think that there's just an intimacy that gets created with the audience that's been very rewarding. 
Sure, of course. So with the kind of central three characters, they their characters are all so different, I thought, and kind of really represent a different side of, you know, interacting with relationships and with other people. How was it kind of casting that? Did you kind of build the characters around them or did it kind of just fall into place naturally? Uh, I wrote the film with my co-writer Mauricio Zacharias um, for Franz Rogowski. I'd seen him in Mikhail Hanukkah's Happy End yes. where he performs an extraordinary karaoke performance of Sia's <laughs> Chandelier. And watching that, I was like, wow, that's really something. And, that's the and guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and then he you know, sometimes you write a film for somebody and they don't want to do it, but luckily Franz did. Um, so I was really sort of building a character around who who I thought he could actually embody. Um, uh, ben Wishaw and Adele Exarchopoulos are people that I've, admi- I've admired for a long time and felt that there was a natural affinity between them as characters and also as a kind of acting style, which is very naturalistic, um, but also sort of elevated. They bring things to the point, I, I think of it as the point of cinema. It's not everyday life, it's something something a little bit more extraordinary. Absolutely. Okay, so just to kind of cast our minds back a little bit to Frankie, your previous feature, which we distributed here in the UK yeah. from Picture House. I think, obviously, very different films, but they kind of both convey something so intimate about the human experience whether sex death grief coming together falling apart what was the journey like from making a film like Frankie to a film like Passages you know I I think each film um, though not autobiographical is always something that feels to me very personal Frankie came after a period of loss and particularly I, uh, a, f- a very close friend who had died of cancer and, and I was still in a process of kind of I still am in a process of mourning that loss. And so there was a lot of melancholy in that film. I think Passages was written during the pandemic. And so there was a lot of um, fear. Yes. But there was also a sense of like, if I'm going to be alive, I'm going to make things. You're so there was alive. like, a, a, <laughs> if, I, if, if we're going to get through this, it's going to be through a kind of, of, of a, a confidence of just like, I don't know. I felt a liberty after the pandemic that I I wasn't sure that I'd be making movies. And since I was, I felt very free. Sure. What's to lose? (laughs) What's to lose? Right. So it has a different energy to it. Very much so. Yeah. And I think it did. I mean, obviously, in very different ways, they both did feel like such living, breathing things. But I think, like you said, about it being almost like an expression of what people wish they could have do, could have been doing, I guess, Mm -hmm. and just kind of acting on those like like darkest impulses almost yeah I guess I also was sort of aware that as a as a you know mid 50 year old white American man who who had a lot of privilege or have had a lot of privilege in my life but somehow the, I got really depressed during the pandemic and I was You're curious <laughs> yeah I was not alone but I was curious there's Franz Rogowski just walked down the hey. hallway <laughs> um, but I was curious sort of why I why I felt that as someone who had had a lot, I deserved more, and that's yes. an interesting. Why 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 do to people who are who, who have certain privilege, there's always something else, and this Absolutely. is a character who always wants something else. Yes, something more, something better, something bigger. Um, so that that was interesting to me as well. For sure, and I think that really rung true. I think something 
both in passages and the other films of yours that I've seen that I really love and connect with is how much kind of credence you give to how high stakes emotions are. Mm -hmm. And I guess how like in the moment that emotion that you're feeling, like even if it's just something so interpersonal is the most important thing in the world. And I think particularly the scene that rung true to me was when um, Ben Whishaw's character and Franz Rogowski's character were having an argument and Ben Whishaw was just doing the washing up because Mm. he couldn't channel his anger into anything else. Um, And I guess, yeah, why is it so important to you and kind of how do you work with your actors and your co-writers to give credence to those really specific emotions? Well, what comes to my mind is the novel, to be honest. I think about um, uh, Henry James and Edith Wharton, um, particularly um, novels that understand that the personal can be monumental. And I actually like to the point of like mythology, like yeah. that these simple things that happen between characters can be the opposite of simple. They can be everything. And so I, um, I feel a very easy investment with that. It's also a form of portraiture. It's paying attention to things yeah. in a way and paying attention to things with enough um, empathy that you understand how like your world can be changed forever in the briefest moment while you're washing a plate while you're washing exactly (laughs) exactly and um in terms of the actors i I think the script is constructed that there is kind of suspense and a a feeling of of something um is at stake in every scene and that's that happens in the writing process and then i think what i encourage the actors do to do because i don't rehearse with the actors before i start shooting really what we're doing is trying to create situations where i block them but i don't really speak to them about how they should respond to things or the meaning of things so a lot of what they're doing is bringing themselves and being open to each yeah. other listening and responding with authentic authenticity and um and I think this thing that movie stars are able to do, and I once noticed this with John Travolta. I, something okay. I watched. John Travolta can pick up a cup with meaning. <laughs> sure. It, he, it, yeah. The very smallest things in the right hands become uh, like cinematic. And I think these three actors are those kinds of cinema actors. Let's go somewhere new. See worlds we've never seen before, so that we can feel inspired. Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. I think obviously something else that's very important to the film, having been branded the sexiest film of the summer, is sex. But I think it is so much more than that. I think, you know, I was going in, that's kind of all I knew about it, Mm. then just felt, you know, absolutely horrible in the best way afterwards. Mm. But I think so much of that was because of how much like naturalism, the sex in the film added to it. I think, you know, it was so there for all the changing dynamics. It didn't just affect the, you know, two people having sex in the moment. For example, the scene where Adele's character is sitting on the bed hearing, um, like, Ben's and Franz's character having the fight leading into the sex. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just something that felt so natural. Mm. I guess, why was it so important to you, I guess, the types of sex that you were showing on screen? Um, You know, to me, it was a film about 
relationships and and relationships are made up of different kinds of ways of communicating some are verbal and there's dialogue but also some are physical and what people do together in in kind of intimate ways i also wanted to make a sexy movie so like i was sort of i was interested in skin and i was interested in passion and I was also interested in the in kind of playfulness and and the and the joy that can be happen that can happen between people physically, um, but I you never know what's going to occur until the actors give you something. It's a great gift of acting, um, and of these three actors in particular, because I set up where the camera is and I set up who's going to be there and I set up the room, but really then suddenly there is this performance which is is not in the script. Because I don't say, you know, move your hand here, move your hand there. Mm-hmm. I don't say. And so suddenly it's like extraordinarily improvisational. And I think that's what's kind of exciting to watch, too, is that it feels like you're watching something that's living in the moment. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think the way that kind of the dynamics change between I think like Franz's dynamic in particular changing between the sex that he has with Adele's character and the mm-hmm. sex he has with Ben's character it all just felt so in the moment and mm-hmm. so important well there's three significant sex scenes in the film and each one I tried to approach as as a different chapter a different part of the story sure. and with uh, something different to focus on and I think uh, you sense that with the actors and, and also with how the camera is, is used. In certain ways, what I, what I feel is interesting is that the camera is in the room, but the camera cannot intrude upon the action. So you really feel, to be honest, like a voyeur because yeah. you're watching very intimate things that are happening and you're allowed to be there. Yeah. But also you're excluded just a little bit because they have something that's happening between them that you're not invited or included in. Yeah, <laughs> right? of I think, yeah, leading on from that, I guess there's been a lot of talk about the importance of intimacy coaches and coordinators. And I read an interview from Adele where she was talking about kind of not wanting to do any like naked scenes because of, you know, past experiences she's had on movies and how they've been received. What, I guess, yeah, how important was it for you to kind of obviously maintain that natural essence to those scenes, but also make sure your actors were protected? Well, you, you know, for me, it's all obviously about trust, and it's a trust that I have with the actors, they have with me, and also with each other. And I would say um, it begins with a conversation. The conversation yeah. is, what are your boundaries? Yeah. And let me know. And, the, and, and, and it's really an open question. It's, it's, and once, that, once those boundaries are established, they're never discussed again. Like, that's it. You've told me what you feel comfortable yeah. exposing. Or, or And so I think that that was probably a comfort for the actors is that they sensed my respect for them. Yeah. For me, the intimacy coordinator, what the, the particularly valuable element is the potential for uh, potentially exploited laborers, yeah. meaning actors, yeah. to have voice and to be able to say what they're feeling without feeling that that might threaten their job or their employment or their relationship with their boss, who is the director. So I think that's very significant. I think the challenge is if you work in an improvisational way is, is to have, you know, to have someone else involved in, 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 in the creation of those moments changes it. So that's, that's, that's a challenge or, or that's a kind of restriction that could happen with an intimacy coordinator. Sure. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. I think going from being the sexiest movie of the summer to the best dressed movie of the summer, mm-hmm. I think outfits was such an important part of the visual language and each of these characters 
personality. I think I was watching it again and trying to kind of keep a mental note of my favorite outfits, but I had to stop because every <laughs> single outfit was oh, my right. favorite outfit. Um, but I think in particular, the crop top that Francis' character Tomas wears when he's meeting the parents and kind of intruding in on um, Ben Mishaw's character's space. The red, beautiful red dressing gown that Ben's character wears and kind of trades with his lovers. Mm-hmm. And then also the really striking like black silhouette of um, Adele's character after she's just had her abortion mm-hmm. and it's like in such a vulnerable space mm-hmm. I guess how important to you were these outfits and working with a kind of costume designers to craft these characters in such a visual way I happened to have breakfast with Hadija Zagai who's the costume hey. designer here this morning and, and we're working on a new project and it's just a wonderful collaboration I actually, <laughs> I actually think that I've decided that my art form is collaboration like it's you could call it directing but it's actually like finding mm-hmm. people who have things to offer to you that you can't you can't do yourself and uh, Hadija has an amazing eye and also a great sense of the pleasure of clothes which includes color and texture and also what clothes reveal so both sometimes it's about skin and sometimes it's about body and form and um, one thing that we we discussed in making the film was were we making a real film or were we making an unreal film? And we moved towards the unreal, mm-hmm. meaning meaning the cinematic. For example, with Adele, uh, there was a moment where we had to make a choice between a rack of clothes that were for an ordinary Parisian elementary school teacher mm-hmm. and another rack which were, could have been bought for Bridget Bardot. <laughs> And we went with, with, we went <laughs> yeah. with the Bardot. <laughs> As uh, you should. <laughs> we went with the Elevated. Yeah. And, and then we had these three amazing, um, let's just say amazing bodies. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> so once she started putting kind of outrageous clothes on these people, but they made it look really like simple. Yeah. And and like, of course, they just pulled that out of their closet. Of then Then you felt like, well, okay, let's go. Let's try this one and let's try that one. And I think for me, ultimately, what was important is that color and clothes be considered for their impact. In a way, you might not remember the the plot of the film, but certain images and certain ways that color can can kind of um, enter the memory are a big part of this film. Red, green, blue, yellow, white. You know, in a way that could be be the narrative in a certain way. I'm thinking of the incredible pink top that Adele's character was wearing in the dance scene that was so like textured and beautiful and stood out so much amongst the darkness and a delight to watch. Yeah, and you know, one of the things we often, I talked about with the production designer, um, Pascal Consigné, and with uh, Hadija, the costume designer, a lot is, is this is this piece or is this something on the wall? Is it something or is it nothing? And we'd go, that's that's something. And then we'd say, that's not nothing, or that's not something. We had these different <laughs> yeah. things, like things had to matter. Yeah. Um, but you had to be able to do that in a way that wasn't precious and wasn't too, you know, wasn't self-conscious. That that's the kind of balance is that you want to draw attention to things, um, but to do that with a, a somewhat invisible hand. Sure, completely. So I think we kind of touched on this a little bit before, but I think it would be very easy to look at the film and like, a, are you a Tomas? Are you a Martin? Are you mm. a Agat? Um, like kind of almost like a little teen magazine quiz. Right. Um, but I think something that I got, I saw so much of different parts of myself in each of them, different parts of people that I know in each of them. Mm. And I guess I was thinking about you as a director making Franz's character Tomas a director whose relationships with people were very kind of in that kind of controlling Cool. Mm. That that kind of way of his, you know, looking at how he could 
you know, an act on other people. Sure. I mean, I think I think for for me, what's important and, and necessary and kind of central to, to what I to my to what I do and to, is to try to, um, you know, I love all three of them. And by yeah. loving them, I actually see I, I find myself in them. I identify with the emotions that are being conveyed, including the worst of them. Yes. <laughs> but also maybe the best. I mean, Franz and I often talked about something. I, 25 years ago, someone I was close to described me as a wolf in sheep's clothing. Okay. And that was always very um, memorable. Yeah. But as I was working with Franz and looking at Tomas and thinking about the character, I realized I am, as well as Tomas, also a sheep in wolf's clothing. Sure. Right? So, yeah. like, the ability to see, the rever- to, to see things in contradiction is, for me, what is so essential. Yeah, I completely agreed. And I think, yeah, it's particularly that incredible striking end shot where, you know, you, you think about all the terrible things he's done to people, but just see that kind of tortured boy just mm. kind of trying to find his way home. It's just, it's And so I think special. that's what's so beautiful about Franz Rogowski's performance yeah. is that um, he never judges his character. He yeah. enjoys his character. He really, he loves his character. And I think that's, that's what gives it life completely one final thing obviously as a cinema we completely value the importance of the cinematic experience and i think all of your films do feel so cinematic i think passages is obviously so modern and of the time but has like a real you know classic timeless quality to it that makes it so important to see in the cinema why for you is it important that people come and see passages and films in general in the cinema well, it's it's very interesting because people who've watched this this film on online um, or on their computers, they they literally have a different experience yeah. than those who see it in the theater, where there's this collective energy. I don't know. The the screenings are like Rocky Horror in yeah. a weird way <laughs> because there's so much conversation, yeah. literally, yeah. with what's happening on screen, and I think that's part of the pleasure of the mm-hmm. movie. And I think. It's been amazing to be traveling with this film and being in, in cinemas with packed houses and, and people talking after the movie and drinking after the movie and hopefully having relationships and hooking <laughs> up. And who knows what happens knows? after the movie? <laughs> Anything. But that's what you want to create. And it's, it's much yeah. more likely that you might have fun afterwards than if you're at a movie theater than if you're just at home by yourself. Completely agreed. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much, Ira. Thank you for this. Picture House, for and existing and for for, for bringing movies like my own into, the, into people's lives. Happy to do it. Thank you. 